This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Angels play such a vital role in this severing and separating and bringing the saints to Christ, and they know they will. They know it now, and that's why when a sinner repents and his name is really added to the Revelation 21, 27, Revelation 21, 27, Lamb's Book of Life, what the angels do when one is added is Luke 15, 7, Luke 15, 7, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, moreover 90 and 9 just persons which need no repentance. And when one sinner repents, and turns to Christ, the angels rejoice, and they say to each other, there's another one that we're gonna gather up and sever out when Christ tells us, gather my saints together unto me, those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. Now, in verse 41, he continues painting. Christ the painter now paints another picture of this severing of two very close to each other, very close to each other, and the picture is now grinding at the mill in verse 41, verse 41. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, the one shall be taken and the other left. This is a scene of making flour, making flour from grain. Each house had these type of of mills for making flour, which consisted of two round heavy stones, about two feet, 18 inches of two feet in diameter, and the one stone was on top of the other stone, and the bottom stone didn't move. Sometimes it was cemented down in place, and there was a hole in the center of the top stone, and the lower stone was chiseled in such a way that it fit up a little bit into that convex, into that hole in the upper stone, and grain was then poured into this hole in the upper stone, and then on that upper stone there were sticks attached around the circumference there, and that stone was pushed around. That upper stone was pushed around, and as it went around, it ground up the kernels of grain to make the flour which would fall out on the edges. Making flour like that was the work of women, and it was hard work. It was hard work to push that upper stone around, so the two women, there was usually two women around this mill, and they would kind of uh, share the load of pushing the, the upper stone around. It's hard work. And this picture that Christ has described here in verse 41 is of these two women pushing the upper stone around. And then all of a sudden, one woman finds that she's alone. And she's pushing the stone by herself because her fellow worker has just been severed. And she's just disappeared. And again, 
Christ is painting this picture of a sudden separation between two people that looked the same, but they weren't. And Christ in another gospel has actually added another scene. He's the, Christ the painter has painted another scene for us of this severing separation in Luke 17, 34. Luke 17, 34. I tell you, in that night, there shall be two men in one bed. The one shall be taken and the other shall be left. So here's a picture of two men sharing the same bed and all of a sudden the angel comes with that severing separation and one man is just taken out of the bed and the other is left in the bed alone. So what's the lesson of all these? All these paintings, all these pictures that Christ has given to us. What's the lesson? The lesson of the sudden taking and being left behind. The lesson is verse 42, verse 42. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord did come. Watch is what we're called to do in light of the coming suddenness of this severing separation that's gonna take place when Christ returns. Watch is a very important word, very important activity for followers of Christ. And God tells us in the Bible that there are four things that we are to maintain a very close watch on. The first thing that we are to watch carefully is in Jeremiah 7, 24, Jeremiah 7, 24. They hearkened not, nor inclined their ear, but walked in the counsels and in the imagination of their evil heart and went backward and not forward. The first thing that we are to watch carefully for is what the Bible calls our evil heart, our evil heart. We have a traitor inside of us. That's shocking to say, but it's true. We have a traitor inside of us, and that traitor is our evil heart. Just as Judas Iscariot was one of the 12 apostles within the inner group of the apostles, we have a Judas Iscariot inside of us, and it's our heart that is wicked and that is evil. Jeremiah 17, 9. Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Our hearts are not just wicked. The Bible says our hearts are desperately wicked without hope wicked, and our hearts are deceitful above all things. And when a person thinks that he or another person has a good heart, he's a good-hearted person, he's deceived because no heart is good. Christ said in Mark 10, 18, Mark 10, 18, Jesus said unto him, there's none good but one, and that is God. So that's the first thing that we need to keep a very, very close, careful watch on, our evil hearts, our deceitful hearts, just because it feels good does not mean that it is good because God has given us a head and an understanding and a Bible to know what is good. And he wants us to use our head, use our understanding, use our Bible and keep a close watch on our hearts that God says in Proverbs 4.23, Proverbs 4.23, keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. And that Hebrew word for diligence in Proverbs 4.23 is the word mishmar, mishmar, which is the same word that's used for a prison guard whose responsibility is to watch the prisoner. So the first thing we are to watch is our evil hearts. The second thing that we are to watch carefully is Mark 14.38, Mark 14.38. Watch ye and pray lest ye enter into temptation the spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. So the second thing we carefully watch for is temptation. Like the hymn says, great hymn, 
I want a principle within of watchful godly fear, a sensibility of sin, a pain to feel it near. I want the first approach to feel of pride or wrong desire, to catch the wandering of my will and quench the kindling fire. That's a great hymn. That hymn was written by Charles Wesley, and it's called I Want a Principle Within. It's in our hymnal, it's hymn number 568. It's a prayer that we should all pray for what he calls in the hymn a sensibility, a feeling for sin. He calls it a pain to feel it near. That's what it means to watch carefully for temptation. It means to feel a pain when temptation to sin is near, as the hymn says, of pride or wrong desire to catch the wandering of my will and quench the kindling fire. That's what it means to watch carefully for temptation. It means to feel when pride comes, to feel when my will is wandering into sin and put out that kindling fire. Kindling fire is the start of a fire, which used kindling wood. So the second thing that we are to watch carefully for is temptation. The third thing we are to watch carefully for is James 1.27, James 1.27. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is to keep himself unspotted from the world. The third thing we're to watch carefully is the world and not let the world make us filthy, dirty inside. The world is very subtle. The world wants to change the way we think, to change the way we view things. We're told in Romans 12.1, Romans 12.1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So when the Bible says in Romans 12 too, be not conformed to this world, that means to watch, to not let the world squeeze our thinking into its mold of thinking. We want the Bible to squeeze our thinking into the Bible's mold of how we should think, like the Bible thinks, not like the world thinks. And we're to watch carefully the world because the world is a seducer the world is trying to seduce us, and we're to make sure that we don't end up falling in love with the world. It says in 1 John 2.15, 1 John 2.15, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So this is the third thing that we are to watch carefully for. The world does not influence our thinking away from how the Bible wants us to think and that the world, we have to make sure the world's not successful in seducing us to love the world. Finally, the fourth thing that we are to watch carefully is our verse, verse 42, verse 42. Watch therefore, for you not know not what hour your Lord doth come. We're to get up every morning and think, I wonder if Christ will return today, and if he does, am I ready to meet him? No anchors of affection on me that's gonna cause me to be like Lot's wife and turn back. It's a good thing during the day to go outside and look up, look up, physically look up at the sky and say, soon he's gonna come. And that's called looking up and lifting up our heads 
when Christ talked about that in Luke 21, 28, Luke 21, 28. When these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. And all of this is what the Bible calls loving Christ's appearance. Loving his appearance in 2 Timothy 4, 6, 2 Timothy 4, 6, where Paul said, I'm now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give to me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. Love his appearing. This is what the Bible calls our blessed hope, our blessed hope in Titus 2.13, Titus 2.13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So there you have it, four things that we are to watch carefully, our evil hearts, temptation, the world, and the return of Christ. But of all those four things to watch carefully, it's the last one, watching for the return of Christ, that is the most important. Why? Because if we're expecting Christ to return at any moment, then we're gonna be watching with that expectation that will cause us to watch our evil hearts to keep them under control so that we won't be ashamed when Christ returns. That'll cause us, that watching for the return of Christ will cause us to watch out for temptation so that we're not caught by Christ in a sin that causes him to be angry with us. That watching for the return of Christ was gonna cause us to resist the world's temptation, the world's seductions, because we'll be acutely aware of the fact that this world's not our home, and at any moment, we're gonna leave, and the time of our departure will be at hand. Now the Lord turns to another analogy to further drive home this point, and it's about a thief. It's about a thief. This is the constant fear of thieves. You know, over the 35 years that I have lived in El Cajon, where I live, my next door neighbors at that time, Bob and Dottie's house, Bob and Dottie's house was robbed three times. It was so bad with Dottie that she put nails up in the walls of the cabinet under her bathroom sink, and that's where she hung her jewels. <laughs> and, there. and we've never been robbed, especially after my wife died. I'm constantly afraid we're gonna be robbed. So I'm constantly setting the alarm to the house whenever I leave. And the same in Loretto. I'm constantly thinking, is this a vulnerable place here where a bandito could break in? As a matter of fact, the, the casita part of my house down there has bars on the windows. And I put in fake, t I shouldn't even tell you this, but I put in fake TVs on timers in the bedroom so that when it gets dark, outside the fake TV has a series of flashing LED lights going on against the drapes and it makes it look like somebody's in there watching television. And in my house there are 12 security cameras, very obvious places with blinking blue light and in addition to the security lights that are activated by motion. And sometimes we have a problem with kids that come and sometimes whole families will come when no one's there and they'll just have a party at the pool. And so now we have the ring system that activates the cell phones when we can talk, say, hey, what are you doing there? In fact. In Loretta one time, I toured a house that was built by some Americans and they put into their house a safe room that they could run into with a metal door in case the robbers came and to wait till the robbers went away. And in Loretto, every time there is a robbery, it's posted on Facebook with pictures and, and we all know the robbers always come off the beach to break into the home. My neighbor has been robbed in Loretto 
So I'm constantly locking doors and checking the doors to make sure they're locked. As a matter of fact, I put a fluorescent tape on all the latches of the sliding doors and the kitchen door that glow in the dark so I can tell if a door is locked or not. As a matter of fact, I, before I go to sleep in Loretto, I stand in this one place downstairs where I can see all the doors and I use this very focused LED flashlight on all the doors and I can see all the tape and I can see the deadbolt in the door. So I'm constantly on guard against the banditos. Now, I've never been robbed before, but I'm just afraid of it all the time. I'm thinking the banditos are watching me all the time. That's why I'm telling them they're looking for their opportunity. And thieves don't break in when a person is away at night. Thieves come when people are asleep at night. That's why the home alarm systems have the setting of away, as in away from home, or at home, where at home, it activates the alarms that are just on the outside doors and it doesn't activate the motion sensors inside. I know this experience because I sometimes forgot and, and I open the outside door and the alarm goes off and the neighbors don't appreciate that. There's an American in Loretto and he kept having his garage broken into. And so he decided to go into the garage in the dark with his 22 rifle. He had a license for a 22 rifle and he waited in the dark till the robber came back and, and he broke in and then he shot him. <laughs> That's what happened down there. Now, this is what the Lord is referring to, not shooting people. <laughs> He's referring to this spirit of being constantly on guard and realizing that robberies will happen at the time when you don't expect it. And Christ said, if a person knew when his house was gonna be broken into, then he'd be sitting there like that American in the garage with his rifle. But we don't know when a robbery is gonna occur, and it's just a time when we don't expect that the robbery does happen. And that's the point that the Lord is making here. Just like the thief in the night comes when people are at home at sleep. When I go to the grocery store, I set the alarm on. Why? Because when I go to the grocery store, I think to myself, a robbery's gonna happen now. I run down and get a can of tomatoes. It could happen. So I set the alarm off just to go to the grocery store. I remember when Pastor Jim, he used to leave his house, and when he was outside, he would yell, okay, Charlie, take care, and I'll be back soon. He used to do that. There was nobody named Charlie there. <laughs> but the dog, the dog was named Charlie, so he was talking to the dog. But it was a signal for the banditos are listening. They're around. You don't know where they are. Night before I go to sleep, I set the alarm at home. Why? Because before I go to sleep, I think to myself, a robbery can happen tonight while I'm asleep, and I set the alarm. All of this is to protect against robbery. And the best way to protect against robbery is to stay on guard, think that the robbery can happen today, tonight, and then ask the question, what have I done to prevent the robbery from happening tonight? Set the alarms, shine the flashlight on the locks, and confirm the lock. And sometimes it has happened that I get up in the morning and I find that I left the door open all night. And I'm telling you, it just it sends a fright through me and then I go, and you know what I do? You think I'm crazy, I do this. I go through every room in the house, every closet, every bathroom, everything, and make sure a bandito hasn't snuck in and he's hiding in there, you know? All of this is bandito consciousness. And that same on-guard consciousness is what the Lord is talking about in verse 43. The person who has this bandito consciousness is always ready for the bandito. In fact, he's so ready for the bandito that if the bandito did come, the person would actually say, I've been expecting you. <laughs> like the American in his garage in Loretto with his rifle. In essence, he said to the bandito, I've been expecting you. I'm ready for you. And then he shot him. 
This is what the Lord is saying in verse 43, that we should be so on our guard for the return of Christ by keeping our evil hearts under control, by resisting temptations, by fighting against the seductions of the world, all this because we don't want the Lord to catch us in some compromising sin when he returns. And just as a person is bandito conscious, that he would say to the Mandino, I've been expecting you, I'm ready for you. In the same way, Christ wants for us to be return of Christ conscious, so that when Christ does return, we would say to Christ, I've been expecting you, and I'm ready for you. We set burger alarms, we use dead bolts on our doors, sometimes bars on the window to keep our houses safe, but the houses in Christ's day were more vulnerable because he said in verse 43, verse 43, we know this, that if the good man of the house had known at which time watch for the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. He said broken up. Now, Christ is talking about a house that would be broken up. And what he meant there is that the word literally broken up there means dug through, dug through. And because houses in those days were made out of sun-dried bricks, or mud, or just loose stones piled on top of each other. So a forced entry in his day did not have to be through a door or a window, the wall would just be dug through, and that's the meaning of the Greek word there in verse 43 for broken up. And the worst fear is the thief in the night. Only protection is to be prepared, to be ready. And the spirit of being ready is what is being emphasized here. And this is what the Bible is emphasizing, this is why it keeps on using this example of the thief in the night with this unexpected suddenness of the thief in the night that we should be prepared for. 1 Thessalonians 5.2, 1 Thessalonians 5.2, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. 1 Thessalonians 5.4, 5.4, but ye brethren are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. 2 Peter 3.10, 2 Peter 3.10, the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away. Revelation 3.3, Revelation 3.3, remember therefore now how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief and thou shalt not know the hour I will come unto thee. Revelation 16.15, Revelation 16.15, behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And that's why Christ has one word, one word to emphasize that what we are to do with regard to his sudden and surprising return, and that word is verse 44, verse 44. Therefore, be ye also ready, for in such an hour as you think not the Son of Man cometh. The word's ready. That's like being prepared for the bandito. It reminds me of the, the couple who lived in Arkansas, and they have tornadoes there. And so every time that there would be a tornado warning, the couple would rush down into their basement and the tornado, and their tornado sheltered down there. And every time they'd come up and, and everything was okay. And one time the couple heard the warning and they rushed down into their tornado basement shelter. And when they came out, everything was destroyed. All the houses were destroyed, just flattened like the, the town. And the man said, now that's what I like to see when I go into a tornado shelter. <laughs> Now the Lord turns all of this into a penetrating question. In verse 45, penetrating question. Who then is a faithful and wise servant? Here we can see the Lord looking squarely into the eyes of each of the listeners and he says, who then? 
as if to say, is it you? Is it you? Are you that faithful and wise servant that's gonna be prepared and ready for when I return? Is it you? And we can imagine here the Lord doing the same thing for each one of us, looking at us individually, squarely, and asking the question, who then? Is it you? Is it you, the faithful and wise servant? Are you the one? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for these words which, Lord, are very refreshing to us, and they cause us to, uh, to just stop and take stock and ask the question, Lord, are we ready? Are we prepared? Are we looking up? Help us to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Tom Cantor's messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. For other free resources, email us at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. Join our live services on YouTube by searching Friendship with God with Tom Cantor every Sunday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.